0: All righty, I could have sworn I just saw him on CNN. Maybe i have seen things, but uh, I think that was the case. It's so great to have him on a very important morning, indeed. He is Congressman Nick Lona, He represents the first congressional district. I am sure he's got an espresso somewhere in hand, uh, and it's great to have him, Congressman. How are you?
1: Good morning, Jay. Cold, chilly morning here in Washington D.C. Had my double espresso already, fired up to talk about to talk with you and your audience, Jay.
0: Here you go. Well, I could use one myself right now. But I'll tell you this much. uh, I thought a good chance was going to happen in that vote uh, last night, Congressman, with the expulsion of uh, George Santos. And it didn't happen, a 34-volt differential. Um, You know, I guess there are a lot of folks, 22 with no votes there, huh? Yeah, so uh, me too.
1: I'm a bit disappointed, but not discouraged. Uh, because I think we'll come back to a vote three weeks from now, and I expect that we'll have the vote in three weeks. Why, Jay? Why? Because he's the worst fraudster the Congress has ever known. That guy lied about everything, not just like Joe Biden about he finished in the top half of his class or he had a scholarship. He lied about even attending for one class. In. He lied about being on the volleyball team with with description, with accuracy, he, he would make up these lies. He's the biggest fraud the Congress has ever known that fraud was the basis upon which donor donors and voters sent him to Congress. But for those lies, he would have never got to Congress. It's the biggest case of election fraud that the Congress has before it. We, the, the Republican Party, stand for election integrity. we got to do the right thing for the people. Eighty percent of his district want him out, want him expelled. We're working hard to get that done. And when the Ethics Committee reports, gets published on or before November 17th. I expect many more of my colleagues to vote yes, like I did last night, to expel him, which will set the course for a special election, likely about 100 days later in February. And I think that we can win that seat, hold the House, fix the budget, secure the border, hold the administration accountable, get back to the work that matters. But we can only do so after we rid the Congress of this fraud.
0: Is it... That of lean see, maybe the fear of losing a seat? I mean, how does the new Speaker of the House feel about all this, Mike Johnson?
1: Yeah, so a lot of people have said process, that, you know, they don't want to vote yes to expel a member, which historically does not happen that often.
0: Yeah. And it is
1: typically historically happened um, after a criminal conviction, which has not yet happened in George Santos's case. I'm very frustrated with how long that case has taken. Now the court is saying They won't even start the trial until September of 2024, and it's just been a slow bleed. Nevertheless, many of my colleagues have hung their hat on process, but they need something. They need a guilty plea, a conviction by a jury or a judge, or an ethics finding. And on the last point, the Ethics Committee, we kind of forced their hand a little bit, Jay. When when we, uh, several New York freshmen, uh, submitted this resolution to expel and did with privilege to force it to come to the House floor, the Ethics Committee, I think it was on Sunday night, uh, published a letter that says that we will give it a, an ethics finding that we've uh, gone through tens of thousands of pages uh, of documents related to Santos. We've interviewed 40 uh, different witnesses. We've subpoenaed, I think, 30, 70 of documents or witnesses uh, to further their investigation. And they, and they announced that they would announce their results on or before November 17th. We're pleased by that. And we think that's the process that a lot of members will hang their hats on to ultimately vote yes in a couple of weeks' Day.
0: All right, so November 17th, depending on the Ethics Committee, uh, as far as releasing its report, uh, that could be another go-around in three weeks as far as another vote. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Absolutely keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens there. Give me a sense, Congressman. Mike Johnson gets the nod. Uh, as far as uh, the speaker, did you have conversations? I, I know that uh, you were a little chilled if one certainly wasn't on board about restoring the salt cap and everything else here on the island for the folks. Uh, is is the speaker uh, on board with that type of situation?
1: So throughout the vote for speaker, I announced several of my criteria that it would take for me to get to yes on any candidate for speaker. And specifically, I wanted to make sure that Long Island's interests, Jay, were, were held first and foremost. I wanted to make sure that we had a speaker who understood and appreciated the support for the World Trade Center health program. That is something that a previous candidate for speaker opposed fundamentally and philosophically and voted against. And I wanted to make sure that whoever I voted for for speaker would vote yes on funding the World Trade Center health program. And I got that assurance from Mike Johnson. His father, a firefighter, injured in the line of duty absolutely has an appreciation and instinct for the federal government's responsibility to 9-11 victims and their families, so check, check in that box. Um, second was the flood insurance program, that a previous candidate for speaker vehemently opposed funding the, the national flood insurance program, something that a lot of my constituents rely on, a lot of Long Islanders rely on, and I wanted to make sure that a candidate for speaker supported that. And Mr. Johnson from Louisiana, which undergoes a lot of funding, absolutely supports the National Flood Insurance Program. So check in that box, too. Also, conversations on affordability on Long Island. We know we live in a blue state that has taxes through the roof, property taxes, income taxes. It's the number one reason why people are leaving Long Island for places like Florida, like South Carolina and other places, because it's more affordable down there. And Speaker Johnson has an appreciation for that, too. So check, check, check. Uh, I think we're going to be on the right track on things that matter most to my constituents
0: uh, in this Congress, Jerry. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with Congressman Nick Loda, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Congressman, uh, a new bill out there with uh, money uh, going in a lot of different sections, a lot of money, uh, including uh, to that of Ukraine, Israel, obviously. Uh, and a lot of people have criticized the Ukraine amount. Uh, as far as uh, where are we going with, with this uh, situation, the end game and everything else, uh, what <clears throat> excuse me, what is your take as far as the uh, the methodology is concerned regarding uh, the uh, the new dollars and everything else in play here? give me a sense of what you're feeling with Ukraine
1: Yeah, so there seems to be three camps uh, in Congress on Ukraine spending. One is the blank check camp you know, folks who regardless of the amount or the stated mission or purpose or whatever else. Yes, yes, yes. We have to spend that money. We have to send it over there. And, and, and that's the best way to do it, the blank check crowd. Then there's another crowd who's like, not one penny. That, you know, not even the money that we were sending over 10 years ago for cooperative training. There's, there's a camp that says we can't even send one penny over there a, a anymore, Even the ones that we, even the money that we were sending before the war broke out. And there's a lot more lot more folks in the middle who want a reasonable approach to this. that if we're going to send money, big money, especially supplemental money, that it needs to come with a war plan, it needs to come with an audit process, the administration, the Secretary of Defense needs to get their butts to Congress to explain to members of Congress what the heck is the war plan, how are we auditing that money to make sure it's actually fulfilling that war plan. There's many more people in that center camp who want to ensure that as precious American tax dollars get contemplated about sending over there while we have issues at our own border, while we have issues of poverty in our own country, that if we're going to send money overseas, that it's done so with a specific purpose, with a specific audit and with specific goals in mind. And there's many more people in that camp and the administration has not assuaged uh, many of my colleagues or me on that. They, They, they've simply failed to present the reasoning behind what will another $10 billion do. Now we understand Putin's a nasty dictator. We understand he violated numerous norms and international laws by invading a sovereign country. That's not up for debate. That does not need to be explained to any of us. We have a strong appreciation for that. But what will ten? What will what will two billion dollars do? What will ten billion dollars do? What will $25 dollars yeah. do? We we need to know, Jay, specifically what the plan is, because the administration. One hundred percent,
0: Congressman. I'm with you. You know, uh, listen—the uh, open checkbook uh, deal right now. I'm, I'm questioning. I mean, uh, w- where are we going with the money? You know, and I understand UK- Ukraine has to defend. It's important uh, against the, that uh, dictator, uh, as in Putin. But uh, what is the end game? What's the strategy? Uh, I don't sense there is anything yet. You know, and I got a lot of questions on our leader who sits in that Oval Office uh, as far as the long-term plan. Uh, is it just to keep writing checks? Uh, I don't know. I'm starting to question it. I'd like to see a little strategy in play. Uh, and I'd like to see a little strategy as far as uh, Iran is concerned, Congressman, with 27 attacks on our various bases uh, throughout the uh, Middle East and really only, uh, only one uh, counteroffensive uh, on our end. Are you questioning that as well at this point?
1: Yeah, we. Uh, you know, it seems that there's not much uh, coherent policy or power projection coming from the White House. You know, we have numerous tools that are disposable short of kinetic military actions that we can take against our adversaries when they put into risk American lives. Uh, number one is embargoing uh, and, and economic sanctions, which so far have not had the teeth that they require to have the effect desired. Uh, The administration, the State Department, the diplomats uh, need to do a better job uh, with economic impact upon Iran. Uh, They're a tremendous exporter of oil. We should leverage our relationships with our allies and partners to ensure that none of them are buying any sort of Iranian energy. And if we hit them in the pocketbooks, I think we can effectuate the right outcome diplomatically, Jay.
0: We'll give an eye on that. Uh, are you confident, uh, and we, you know, we mentioned the 17th, the big day, as far as another expulsion vote, but uh, where are we at as far as the government shutdown? Is there is there enough play, Mike Johnson in place with the gavel now? Are you confident we'll avoid that?
1: Yeah, so different than Representative George, um, Repre- Speaker Johnson has publicly committed to uh, what he's calling a stopgap funding measure. Very much the same thing as the CR. CR has taken... Um, a a bad connotation to many people. Uh, You know, Jay, that I support keeping the government open while we fix our budget, while we secure Mm -hmm. our border. I don't think a government shutdown is productive. 80% of my constituents agree that we should not shut the government down. We should continue our work on the things that we came to Congress to do, that the shutdown would cause more harm than good. Fortunately, Speaker Johnson thinks the same thing. And, and, And he is moving appropriations bills. He thinks that's the first step. That You don't get to a shutdown if you properly fund the government through single-subject spending bills. And we passed one last night, the Ledge Branch uh, spending bill. We've passed enough bills to account for about 75 or 80% of government spending, so we're we're mostly the way there. We have some tough bills, uh, tough appropriations bills to get through between now and the 17th. It may require a CR or what he's calling a stopgap funding measure. I'm optimistic through his leadership, Jay, that will keep the government running while we do our important work here.
0: Uh, And that is key. Uh, That is key at this point in time. Everything has to kind of keep going, Uh, especially uh, with all that's going on uh, in the world today. No question about it. One last thing, uh, Congressman, if I may, and that is uh, Secretary of State Blinken heads to Israel for the same time. Uh, Jordan, as well, Um, you know, a lot of people will say that he will ask the prime minister, Mr. Netanyahu, for a little bit of a pause. We know it's a ceasefire uh, and everything else. I mean, what else could Secretary Blinken be going there for?
1: Well, I hope he doesn't put that in because Hamas itself is not receptive to a ceasefire or a pause. So for the good guys, To stop firing their weapons while the bad guys don't is a terrible strategy. You don't need to be a naval academy graduate or former naval officer to figure that one out. That if you're if the bad guys continue to fire at you, you got to fire back. And when they've killed innocent civilians and babies and everywhere in between, you got to go eradicate them. You got to keep on pushing to that. So a ceasefire, to me, for numerous reasons, is inappropriate. I hope that he's there to say what can America do. What can we do on intelligence sharing? What can we do on logistics? What can we do on other, on other things that can help support you eradicating these terrorists from your land? You have a right to defend yourself. You have a right to protect innocent civilians. You certainly have a right to practice your own religion. And I hope that the chief American diplomat will be over there saying what many members of Congress are saying is that Israel, will with you. You are our strongest ally. We stand against those who want you wiped off the map because those same people who want to wipe Israel off the map are also chanting death to America. And we have to stand by our strongest partner, Israel, Jay.
0: Congressman, keep up the fantastic work you're doing down there. Okay. And uh, you're doing yeoman's work both there and, of course, uh, for the good folks of the island. Keep up the great work. You're juggling a lot as far as what the world presents right now. You stay well, alright. Thanks, Mike. Enjoy your morning.